0: Greetings, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Locked On Fantasy Football Podcast. As usual, I'm your host, Vinny Iron. When I'm not doing this, I'm writing about NFL and fantasy football at large for SportingNews.com. So we've turned the page to off-season mode here on the site. We broke down some things that are developing in different quarterback situations. Uh, Deshaun Watson was our latest program to look what... The Texans can expect out of their offense with Watson as the projected new starter over Tom Savage. On today's show, we're going to go to the other team in Dallas with the guy that uh, Watson is being compared a lot to as a rookie. Except he's a first-round pick versus Dak Prescott, a fourth-round pick. That he can have the same effect with his uh, passing running on an established team that uh, has had some recent playoff bound success. So with Dak Prescott, however, I think he's an interesting case because there's some reasons to think that he will struggle a little bit more. The Cowboys may not have as good a record, but that also might lead to him being a better fantasy performer. And I'll explain here. I have the article up right now on sportingnews.com. Dak Prescott faces five big obstacles in 2017 to avoid a sophomore slump. So, That's what I have. I'll kind of talk a little bit about what I wrote there and then uh, see how it relates to fantasy football. Number one thing, and I think this is something that uh, you'll keep in mind in your fantasy football drafts, is Dak Prescott kind of came out of nowhere last year in terms of where we looked at him in fantasy football. This time he was the third-string quarterback for the Cowboys and had to kind of Get some breaks to work up. Kellen Moore had to get hurt first, then Tony Romo had to get hurt longer term there with a back injury to get that job and show up on the fantasy radar. And I wrote, I remember early after Romo went down for the longer term where Prescott was going to be starting for half season plus easily was the fact that uh, with... Prescott, I thought, given the supporting cast, having Ezekiel Elliott in there as the newcomer in the backfield, the offensive line, some of the weapons that were there with the Des Bryant, Jason Witten, established guys, Cole Beasley, that you wouldn't see too much of a difference with the way Prescott could handle himself in that offense versus Tony Romo. The one concern I had was the turnovers, if Prescott was going to have more turnovers. But I also knew that Prescott was going to use his legs a little bit more than Romo, to actually score touchdowns, gain some yards. And that's what really came to fruition. So in the end, we saw Dak Prescott end up right smack dab in the middle as a QB1, somewhere where you would look at Romo in previous years. So that was a pretty darn good year for Prescott. This year, I think there's going to be people overdrafting Dak here. I, I think you look at uh, the top tier, it's probably Aaron Rodgers, Matt Ryan, Tom Brady, those guys. And then you look for down a little bit more, you're going to be looking for the guys that can score up to that level where you don't have to invest as high of a quarterback pick in relation to the rest. And I think Prescott, last year it was a good value because I think even as uh, Romo was being taken 6th, 7th, 8th on average as a consistent QB1 type performer every year, Prescott was more taken as a QB2. So that kind of helped you had your bets there, if your starter didn't work out, probably by midseason, you were saying, say, at Carson Palmer, or Phillip Rivers, or someone like that, that had been good on paper for you in the previous year, that Prescott was your regular starter there. So that will change the way you look at him in the draft. I think those expectations are going to be that he's a solid QB1 for sure, and you're going to expect him to build on the numbers he had 29 total. Touchdowns last year, so there's a lot of things at play here that might change how you look at him. I would temper your expectations more. You can't automatically assume with how things came together in his rookie season with the strength of schedule and how he kind of settled in that role kind of unexpectedly that the production for the tds yards all that uh, passing rushing are going to mirror what you saw in 2016 and part of that is the cowboys have a stronger schedule and when you dig deeper yeah they've gone from the number 27th schedule in terms of who they're facing combined winning percentage from the previous season that's jumped to number 10 531 and we know a lot of that comes from playing two divisions that have Sent multiple playoff teams here of late. You have the Cowboys division, of course, with the Giants, Redskins, and Eagles in the NFC East, where the Giants made the playoffs. They're the one team that had Dak Prescott's number. The Eagles and Redskins weren't bad. Dak kind of handled them pretty well, their weak pass defenses, but still a tough schedule there. And then you have the tough schedule on the other part with the AFC West. You have four games against those teams. Denver's the number one pass defense. Yeah, the Raiders and Chiefs both make the playoffs last year. And you had a a pretty good run of defense there for both Denver and Kansas City. San Diego came on strong in that division with Joey Bosa. Now San Diego becomes Los Angeles. And they're still going to have Bosa. They're still going to have Melvin Ingram. They're going to have a pretty good secondary as well. And the Chiefs figured to rebound some better health up front, starting with Justin Houston. Maybe D Ford becomes a bigger factor for them off the edge. And uh, they get some help with Marcus Peters in that secondary to make some plays. So you look overall with the Chiefs, Chargers, they should be improved. I think the Redskins will be improved with uh, some of their draft picks to help their front seven. They also already have a pretty good secondary. The Eagles also went to upgrade their pass defense a lot. So a lot of teams that were kind of uh, doormats, and uh, pick-aparts are gone that are not in the division. There's no more teams, the last-place, mirrored-type teams that the Cowboys are facing. If they're not facing a uh, team from the NFC East or AFC West, it's looking at the NFC West, where you had three pretty good pass defenses in Arizona, Seattle, and actually, surprisingly, San Francisco did pretty well, as well as Los Angeles. So you had four pretty decent pass defenses from a year ago. Of course, some of these defenses struggle against the run, 49ers especially, but the Cardinals and Seahawks are solid. They throw different looks at you. They have uh, obviously talented uh, secondaries across the board. And then you have uh, the Rams, who found a little bit something up front with Aaron Donald, consistently putting pressure in. Their secondary play was pretty strong as well. So That's who's facing, on top of that, uh, at NFC West, he gets the AFC West, plus the inner division play there that he's going to face. So a lot of uh, tough, tough teams on that schedule for Prescott. I think that's something you have to examine pretty close when you get closer to your fantasy drafts. How does the schedule fare this year versus last? And uh, there were a lot of breaks on that schedule for sure for The Cowboys, and I think with Prescott, that's going to affect his numbers in some way. But the question is, how much is that balanced by maybe being in more shootouts than he was in last year? Typically, a good game from Prescott, the floor that you'd expect was 250 yards, two combined touchdowns, maybe 30 rushing yards. That was kind of the average floor type game that you would expect from Prescott, but there were certain games where they got ramped up with the production, and one of them was the Steelers shootout. That was really the only true shootout the Steelers gave the Cowboys there in the regular season, and then you had the one in the playoffs that ultimately cost them as the Packers built a big lead. The Cowboys were out of the element, couldn't catch up, so they were playing from ahead a lot, and... In some ways, that helped Prescott where he didn't make the mistakes, made the plays early, got his fantasy points, and got out of there, but also hurt him in terms of there weren't chances necessarily to really expand and throw the ball a lot. They could rely on Ezekiel running out the clock and not any element there of a forced passing. And I think that's the other offshoot of this tougher schedule. We know from the division he's going to get Eli Manning, Kirk Cousins, and Carson Wentz. I think Wentz is going to be better. Cousins is going to be building on a very good season that he's trying to make more money as a free agent for San Francisco being franchise-tagged. Again, for Washington, Eli Manning needs a big rebound season here if the Giants are going to go any farther. So I expect those three quarterbacks to play better. Wentz, when you look at uh, Alshon Jeffrey and Torrey Smith now in his receiving core, there's some potentials for some high-scoring games, especially when you look at the Cowboys' defense. That hasn't necessarily improved too much. They're still relying on a lot of young guys to help them with the pass rush and the secondary coverage. So there's going to be shootouts. And then you look down the board, we've mentioned the Roethlisberger and Rogers matchups that uh, got Prescott going last year. You get Rogers again, but you also get Matt Ryan, Russell Wilson, Derek Carr, Phillip Rivers, Carson Palmer, and Alex Smith. So... Alex Smith, I know, looks like the lesser of those, but we know the Chiefs can move the ball and score pretty efficiently, especially against that Cowboys defense that I still think has a lot of holes that may hold them back from uh, reality success again this year in the end. But uh, that's what you're looking at, that there's these potentials where you know Rodgers and Ryan, they're going to come and bring it, put a lot of points up. You know, Wilson and Carr have plenty of weapons. Rivers tends to uh, chuck a lot, and uh, Palmer, if you look at the – down the stretch production, he was a lot better than early in the year when he struggled. So definitely some high-scoring games there. So that's going to balance it out where you might have Prescott struggle in these games and uh, mentioned the Denver quarterback situation. That is that is definitely a tougher game that pops up on the schedule, but that's balanced by the fact that he's going to have to do more in some of these games. I don't think the Cowboys are just going to be able to run Elliott and dominate some games and just have Prescott make one or two big plays with his arm and feet and win games. I think it's going to require more of him, maybe more losing efforts to play well and try to play catch-up. And that's going to, in turn, balance his fantasy value because there's going to be higher volume of passing, higher volume of what he needs to do to bring this team back, maybe balance that goes away from the run a little bit. and I think part of that also ties into the Cowboys offensive line. There's a big shuffle there. There's no Doug Free. He's uh, gone and retired here. So they have to move a guard. Lael Collins out to right tackle. They Ross, lost Ronald Leary, kind of a valuable swing guy that they had. He's going to be starting in Denver on the offensive line at guard now. So they're maybe looking at Jonathan Cooper, who just kind of flamed out there for the Cardinals. The Patriots and Browns both took a chance on him. So he is looking like they're starting left guard going into the season. So... That definitely turns a strength there when you had the Collins and Leary kind of combination and then you still had free at right tackle. Now Collins is adjusting to a new position outside. I think he's certainly capable of handling that, but free it was so solid at that spot ever since they got Tyron Smith and they could move him over. So that's a continuity you're going to have to worry about a little bit where it's not plug and play with a run. Ezekiel automatically runs for 110, 150 yards. And it's easy going for Prescott and play action and so on and so forth. So there's just a a few wrinkles here and there that you're looking at Prescott and in in a way, again, with the struggles, maybe with him running the ball and finishing the red zone, and Elliott early in the games to pound and uh, get out those same yards and build the Cowboys to leads and uh, have them kind of play keep away and protect the ball in the second half with a heavy dose of the run. That situation may not materialize as much. So... In the end, I think Dak Prescott and the Cowboys. I don't think they're going to win as many games. I don't think they go thirteen and three this year. I think they more look like a eleven and five team at best for me, just because the strength of the schedule here all around. But when you look at all the elements here, maybe facing some tough defensive games early, some uh, shootouts where he's going to have to put the ball up a little bit more. And uh, just the nature of this Cowboys defense not holding up as well. I I, I think you have to expect Prescott to put it more. So I think with that, you're going to probably have to accept some more mistakes. I don't think you'll see him run as much either. So you can probably take a few points away from his ground production and the TDs. But you might see a few more passing TDs. I think they'll let him loose a little bit more, give him more of the playbook. That's going to have some ups and downs. So you might see the interceptions creep up. I mean, he did an incredible job protecting the football last season, but if they creep up a little bit, I think they'll be counterbalanced by more yards and more touchdowns overall for Prescott because I think he'll be have to be involved more. And you look at the weapons across the board, that's the one good thing in this scenario that's kind of the control subject here is that you still have Des Bryant, you still have Terrence Williams. He was resigned. You have Cole Beasley. You have Witten. You look at uh, some changes at tight end after that, and uh, again, Ryan Switzer there from uh, North Carolina as a rookie that can have an impact on this offense. So I think overall the things are similar for Prescott. That doesn't include what Elliott can do out of the backfield as well as uh, Darren McFadden. So there's everything around Prescott is there weapon-wise. I think there's the schedule, some things in front of him, change things a bit, the outlook of the Cowboys in terms of how easily they'll be able to win games and roll over some weaker opponents, that's gone as well. So in the end, I think, like I said, in reality for the Cowboys, the results may not be good in the regular season, but I think the production could be higher. And I think that's going to set up Prescott to have more success, that he can handle that volume, because in those type of playoff situations, such as Green Bay, they face them again, or Seattle that he'll be ready to throw more and win those type of games when there is a Rogers or Wilson or Matt Ryan when these uh, games really count a little bit more. So, I think all that points well to Prescott being better in terms of fantasy football numbers versus uh, his reality outlook for 2017. So there you have it. There's a breakdown of Dak Prescott so far early in the off season of what we. Think we're going to get out of him in year two in Dallas as a fantasy football quarterback. Thanks so much for listening. Please subscribe on Audio Boom or iTunes to get this podcast delivered to you week daily. And make sure you checking out all the great podcasts on Lockdown Network, NFL. We got you covered team by team in the offseason, NBA. Still a full swing here with the playoffs and what you have upcoming in that draft. So great shows all around. This has been Vinnie Iyer for Fantasy Football Locked On. And we'll see you next time. Whatcha you doing? Ran out of space on my phone, so I'm deleting some stuff. Uh, Bye, singing dog. Uh, Bye, goal. I pronounce you. Bye, wedding ceremony. <laughs> stop at Metro PCS you get two free phones with twice as much memory <laughs> really? don't say bye to your memories switch to Metro PCS and get two free LG K20 plus phones with 32 gigs when you switch two lines Metro PCS wireless figured out coverage not available in some areas sales tax not included in phone price excludes numbers on the T-Mobile network see store for details and terms and conditions